It's Brooke Casanova here on the After Success Podcast. I talk to and interview conscious high achievers about lessons they learned behind closed doors that most don't know, about what happened after they hit their big success. We discuss frameworks for how to answer the looming questions like, what's next? And how do we navigate these massive transitions in our lives? What identity reinvention looks like? and how to build a legacy through your unique gifts in your second act. My goal, my friends, is to help you, one, feel like you're in good company and learn how to co-create a new tribe of deep connection in your life, two, step out of the disorientation you may be feeling, and three, flood you with frameworks for how to generate new vision and creativity in your everyday life again. This is the After Success Podcast. You know, as Covey would say, leadership is a choice, not a position. Mm. So choose where you're going to be and don't make it about you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People are afraid Mm -hmm. when they receive that they make it about them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some people take advantage of that. Some people are more transformational and they turn everything they receive into more Mm. for everybody else. So you can always think if I do do this, even though I have to like, humble myself or maybe even it looks weird. Yeah. You can always manage that. You can always yeah. figure it out. How can I turn this thing into something more, mm. bigger, better mm. for other people? Do you have like a, an experience off the top of your head where you were in a position to receive and because of the high frequency that you were in of gratitude for receiving that gift, it by na- by nature, it just like multiplied? And became something bigger and better than you could have ever anticipated from someone else's gift. Can I use another weird example? Please. Okay. So after I wrote The Power of Starting Something Stupid and it was doing well and whatever else, um, I won't get too specific, but I'll, I'll, get, I'll get close to it. Uh, my wife met this wonderful woman who needed help with her children. She just gotten a job and she had to work nights. We didn't know her. Mm. Uh, and we said, sure. So it was a seven-year-old girl and one-year-old twins. And we received them, I'll also use that word, into our home. Remember, we went from four kids to three kids. Mm. Now we have these other three kids in our house. And long story short, the mom doesn't come back. This is real. This is a real story. Wow. And uh, it turns out she had her own things going on in her life, and CPS was trying to take her kids. And it was a whole thing. CPS did show up at our house, uh, Child Protective Services yeah. at our house. And we said, what are you going to do? And they said, well, um, nobody will take three kids. And they said, we'll have to split them up. You're going to split up these twins and their sisters. You know, like, like yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. They'll probably sleep in our offices tonight and probably for an extended amount of time. And my wife, I immediately looked at the rock. We'll take them. And they're like, well, you can't. You're not foster certified. You're not this. You're not that. And we're like, what can we do? So we're just being open. Yeah. I'm going to just do like a little side note here. Like the idea is to create white space. Mm. And the idea isn't to fill the white space up immediately. Mm. It is to see what opportunities present themselves or that you go after Mm. and allow them to come in. Mm. Okay. So, So we created this white space. Um, these wonderful kids come to our home. CPS is going to take them. We say we'd ha- be happy to take them. They say, you know what? They got, they got creative. They said, 
since the mom put them in your care, then we can call it kinship placement. You can't get any money from the state, you know, whatever. You won't have all these resources, but we'll be here. We'll help. We'll do whatever. We're like, great. So we went from three kids. We went from four kids to three kids to six kids pretty much overnight if you, if you were to look at it, you know, mm-hmm. real closely. And I'm telling you this story because we had them for two years, mm. um, uninterrupted custody. We wanted to adopt them. We thought that was what was going to happen. Uh, they ended up going back to bio mom, which was wonderful, but also a very scary thing mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. And um, it broke our hearts because having a son pass away, there's a finality to it. Mm-hmm. And we believe that we will mm-hmm. see him again. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this situation, we don't know where they are, if they're okay. Mm-hmm. And it's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a different kind of hurt. Yeah. So when people become successful, they open themselves up to this white space and things come in. It is awkward because they don't know what to do or how to do it. A lot of times the impact they want to make is not in their zone of strengths. Hmm. If they did something in their zone of strengths, they just started another business Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, they're done mm -hmm, with that part mm -hmm, of their lives. mm -hmm. And it can still be a business, look like a business, but they want to do something different. This this is a terrible statement, but it's true. People hate their strengths. If people didn't, if people like their strengths, there wouldn't be career transitions. Mm. There comes a point where it stops serving them. I'm really good at laying bricks. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lay bricks the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at accounting. I'm done running those numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at whatever. And so people are, quote unquote, it's by choice, but forced to go to areas of their lives where mm. they have no idea That's what they're doing. And things might go wrong. But you welcome those kids yeah. into your home, yeah. those ideas, those opportunities, those service things. You don't have to think of your next big thing as your next career move. You can think of it as a project. Mm-hmm. If it works and moves forward, mm-hmm. if it doesn't, mm-hmm. you, you figure it out. Yeah, that's what we do as mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and executives. You know, um, I'm gonna keep going for a second though. Please, my wife. Uh, right after that experience, we decided we were gonna go on a road trip. We got one way tickets to New York, and we were just gonna drive around and see what would happen. Cause that's the kind of people we are. <laughs> okay, on the way to the airport, my wife had a stroke and lost her memory. And we don't know why it happened or where it came from, but it happened. And she got her memory back after some time. She was in the hospital and all this kind of stuff. And I said, we're not going on this trip thing anymore. Like, this is crazy. We're going to go relax. Let's just Mm -hmm. She said, she said, no, I think a lot of successful people can relate to this. If I lay down, I'm not getting back up. Mm. I have to make this happen. We have to do something. I have to get out there. Mm. She was so brave. So we got on the plane. And I'm skipping steps here, right? I'm just giving the story. We ended up on the road for six months from New York, drove around the entire country to California, down to Mexico, all the way up the coast to Canada, mm. back down and then to Hawaii. And I share this with you because sometimes people, whether their next thing, their white space, how they're going to spend their time, whether it's focusing more on themselves, family, impact in the world, it's going to look like that. Mm. You're going to do something. It's not going to work out. Mm. You're going to find something else to do. Something's going to go wrong. This is, this is, these are the skills that we've learned mm. over time mm. that we should be utilizing. Mm. And yes, we can operationalize by finding other people to help us out. 
but you're going to end up on the road all over zigzagging. So the question really is, is the impact where you land or is the impact like wait, how you make a decision along the way mm. or is the impact a lifelong pursuit of continuously helping? Mm. And that can look like living multiple lives mm. in, 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 a, in a short timeline. Mm. Okay? When, we, after, when we get to Hawaii, my son gets hit by a car and on an, he should be dead. He crossed the highway, distracted driver, didn't see him at all, no slowing down, just hit him. He was crossing the street by Sunset Beach where we live, and uh, he ended up in the hospital for quite some time. But later, you know, he, he's okay, and I ask him, you know, what's going on, like how you're doing? And the, the crazy thing is, is he felt like he wasn't hit by a car, but he beat the car. Hmm. I was really scared that he'd live his whole life yeah, you know, in fear. And I'm, I'm sharing these stories with you because I realized that while I'm writing these books and while I'm making magic happen, people may or may not know all these crazy things that are happening mm. in the background. And when someone makes millions of dollars or more, I it, it is a it's a it's a terrible thing to say because most people can never understand it and most people never will, and most people will never have to. But if the audience is someone who's successful but feels like crap, mm -hmm. it's a real thing. And it, it, there is no sympathy or empathy for that person. No. The miserably rich have like no white space for empathetic, empathetic people, which yeah. is, yeah. It's, it, there's, it, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. There's no reason to. The, what, what, what is more sad than a rich, famous person who still doesn't feel like they have it all? No one can understand that. Yeah. And so these people have to work at a different level of trust, mm -hmm. self-trust, mm -hmm. where there might not be help. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's real. And you know, it's so funny that you say that too, Richie, because I remember the vision that I had for the white space. I had this like desire to really move forward and help these types of people. And it was so crazy because the more I look into it, it's like everyone is so consumed with helping the next person or the next business become wildly successful. But as I've done a lot of these interviews with victims of success, you might say, mm. I've realized that there hasn't been a whole lot of space mm. for what comes after. Mm -mm. And, and that's why I love these conversations because they're, they're just as human as the mother that was just as desperate to leave her three kids with near strangers and go, I've got to figure myself out. Yeah, it's true. Napoleon Hill said, quote, in every instance where you find a man or a woman of outstanding achievement, that's you, by the way, in any calling, you will find that they have been a success as a result of a mastermind alliance, unquote. Friends, we all want the Mastermind Alliance experience in safe spaces, especially after we've experienced success. After all, relationships are what got us here today. So for any of you who are in the thick of your after success story, your second act is trying to be figured out and navigated, and you desire help with new pivots, new identity, and a new level of contribution with a new tribe of relationships, I invite you to apply for The Last Mastermind. The Last Mastermind is hosted by myself, Brooke Casanova, and it's a three-day in-person experience 
where you experience a collective genius that helps you uncover your purpose, create your highest contribution, and experience deep connection. You can apply at thelastmastermind.com today.